Welcome to the Old Galway Diary podcast. Each week, Tom Kenny and I, Ronnie O'Gorman, write a column in the Galway Advertiser. Before it goes to press, we contact each other and share what is filling the page that particular week. This podcast is that conversation. And I would add, we enjoy talking to you and would appreciate if you would give us a rate and review on the Apple Podcast app. Tom, good morning on an absolutely exquisite morning. It's very cold, minus one in my car, thermometer, but the sky is clearly silver blue. It's an absolutely beautiful day. Yeah, a lovely winter's morning, yeah. Yeah, I got up up early. I was inspired to get up early. Must be the thought of coming in to do the podcast, Tom. But I was inspired to get up early. (laughs) (laughs) It was still dark. The stars, the stars were so brilliant. I I think frosty air and stars combined together like champagne and oysters. They're just absolutely magnificent. Oh, please, please. That is heresy. Do you not like oysters, Tom? Guinness and oysters. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, that is a mortal sin, Mr. O'Gorman. No, no, a good chablis and oysters does me. In fact, I haven't been very well lately, and my daughter was home from America, and she said, where would I like to go? And I said, we'll go to Moran's. And we went to Moran's, and we came in the door. There was hardly anybody there, but the whole Moran family were there. And there was a great welcome. I must say it was absolutely delightful. And I had a feed of oysters and a glass of wine. And I must say, Tom, I never felt better. I think, in fact, <laughs> if the doctor had given me that as a cure, I would be far better today than I was a few days ago. You're making me feel jealous. <laughs> anyway. I hope not. Tom. What are we talking about this week? It's nearly yeah. clear. Well, we, I am talking about Grant's hairdressers oh, grants that's... american barber shop and hairdressing parlors <laughs> now yeah i have done you know it's interesting uh if you go through a social history of galway how many galwegians emigrated to america to australia to south africa you know worked in diamond mines were on gold rushes just simply made money and came back and opened pubs. But John Joseph Grant was an exception to that rule. He emigrated to Brooklyn. He worked, obviously, in a hairdressing salon or parlor there. uh, And he obviously made enough money to come back. And in 1912, he opened his own barber shop, his American barber shop in Air Square. I remember. It was on on the... Yeah, so do I, actually. I, well, I've never in it, but I remember certainly passing the door and seeing the the hand-painted signs on the wall and overhead as well, and, and on the door. Uh, but he brought back an awful lot of American tricks, <clears throat> and one of those was in his advertising. Now, in America, it's always the best, the greatest, the most spectacular, the thickest, the longest, the shortest, it has to be a superlative at all times. And in his advertisements, <clears throat> he certainly used that principle. Good man. Uh, the first thing, in a 1913 ad, 
The first thing he talked to her was, travelers coming off the train can have hot and cold baths. Ooh. Now, you wouldn't go into too many barber shops today to have a hot or cold bath. Uh, <clears throat> Maybe a hot but anyway, may <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, he claimed to have a cure for, for dandruff. Oh uh, it was the he was the, the most modern and up to date barber shop in the provinces. A call will convince you of its efficiency in every department. But there were some revolutionary things. Scalp and face massage treatment by electricity. Now, remember, this is 19, 1913, in fact, <clears throat> and uh, electricity was very new to Galway. So the idea of having a face massage or scalp treatment by electricity was certainly very novel. Amazing. He invented and made his own shaving soap, solely manufactured by himself, and never, ever before introduced into this country. It does away with all the rubbing and preserves the razor. <laughs> price price one shilling. <clears throat> so he had all kinds of expert hair trimming, beard trimming by men who know. Ladies' hair work was a speciality. Uh, he, you know, he had made appointments, obviously. But I always keep in stock a select line of razors, toilet articles, etc., and razors are ground, honed, and set in this premises. And finally, in, in this particular advertisement, he has in very bold letters, thin hair. <laughs> you will never get bald if you use Grant's Imperial Hair Tonic. Oh two God. shillings a bottle. Oh now, the interesting God. thing about that ad is he must have run out of it because he, got, he went bald himself in his <laughs> later years, you know. But, like, I love this kind of, uh, you know, no-holds-barred advertising. Exactly. Are you troubled with dandruff? Because I t guarantee to cure it for you. <laughs> uh, yeah. He has uh, supports the homemade articles by using Grant's celebrated Galway-made shaving soap. You know, it, it was switches, curls, made and dressed. Ladies, Combings made to order. Ladies' combings made to order. I, well, I presume it must be a slightly different way of addressing. And it was one and six an ounce and upwards. <clears throat> and oh, in 1930, God. he got, um, 31 rather, he got a contract from Galway County Council <clears throat> to do all of the hair cutting <clears throat> at the infirmary at the docks. Now, I'm presuming this was the isolation hospital. I would, say, uh, I would say. I don't know if the contract was worth anything because it seems it was hardly ever any patients in there. Maybe there were some staff. I don't know. But because it was ninepence for uh, a man to have the hair done it and one in six for the women, the Marching Moore McDonough said in, in the council, that that was extremely ungallant, charging <laughs> the women more than or twice as much as the men. So this this uh, house it actually went to um, <clears throat> later. Like John Joe ran it for many years, then he passed it on to his son Luke Bernard or Bernard, and he ran it for many years as well. <clears throat> uh, until it actually closed sometime in the 80s. <clears throat>
But the other interesting thing about it is <coughs> some of the people he trained there, and this is kind of like a Galway barber's who's who, Sean and Michal Thornton, Chick Gillen, Con Healy, Paddy Barrett, Paddy Dowling, J Jimmy Curley, and Christy Archer. These people all went up on to set up their own establishments. And if you think what they were setting up was in direct competition to John Joseph Grant, you know. Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, now, they all had their own different ways of talking and, you know, styles. When you went into Chick Gillen, for instance, <clears throat> uh, most people went in for the chat. You couldn't believe half of what you heard from him. <laughs> And Sean Thornton was the same. Yeah. I genuinely think that uh, um, Sean Thornton, he was a terrific barber, but it was the talk and the chat. <clears throat> and sometimes he'd get carried away in uh, <clears throat> in his chatting or telling a story, and sometimes, and you might find a, a slightly bald patch near the back, uh, <laughs> which you didn't realize you had, you know, that kind of thing. <clears throat> uh, I remember uh, a short video being made once that I saw in uh, the Galway Film Flat many, many years ago. It was made by students of the RTC, <clears throat> and it was about Chick Gillen, and <clears throat> it was very funny. Chick was an extremely dapper man. <clears throat> uh, he had one seat in the barber shop. And they brought this guy in. He sat down and Chick started to cut his hair. But what they did was they were pointing the camera down at the floor just around and behind the barber's chair. And they speeded up the camera. And so it looked as if Chick was dancing around. <laughs> but the, the line was completely worn all around the back of the chair. It was wonderful. And then this fella came in the door and you could hear Chick saying, oh, Look at this fella coming in. He's from Chantilly. <laughs> he was out last night, but he doesn't know where he was out. He certainly doesn't know where he finished up. He's in here because he's terrified to shave. You see. <clears throat> and so Chick rushes him up, yeah. puts on the shaving cream, gets out the cutthroat and starts gently to shave him. And then he turns to the camera and winks. And he turns the cutthroat back to front and he goes, <laughs> Oh, my goodness. So that's your man's throat. <laughs> well, for, a, for a guy who was so hungover, he nearly went into outer space. It was absolutely <laughs> hilarious, wonderful. Yeah. So, yeah, Grant was the forerunner of a huge number of barbers in this town. Mm -hmm. uh, Con Healy set his own place up in <clears throat> High Street in the late 30s. Uh, I'm not sure when Chick or Sean or the others set up theirs. But they spread themselves around the city. And uh, so, in a way, we owe a lot to grants. Uh, yeah. you know, so I, I have this advertisement, anyway, which is honestly worth reading. And also a photograph of John Joseph with his son, Luke, and a couple of members of staff outside the door in, this would be in the mid-30s, I think. Yes. Well, Tom, that's a lovely story. But I mean, when you mentioned Grants of Air Square, I said torture chamber because I hated as a small boy getting my hair cut. And my mother yeah. would march me in. And in Grants, they'd put a piece of wood across the arms of the chair. So yes. Yeah. I would sit up high. So you'd almost be the same height as a grown adult, if you follow me. And I do. Yeah. 
did one particular instrument that really caused anxiety and pain. It was a hand clippers. So yeah. it wasn't electric clippers. You, you'd have to work yeah. your hand, clip, 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 and to go right up the back of your neck, right up to your skull. And they keep doing that until your hair was all gone. So I didn't mind that because I wanted as much hair taken off as possible. So I wouldn't have to come back. But <laughs> yeah. eventually it would yeah. go back, of course, after about a month or six weeks, and you'd go again to the torture chamber. But certainly there was a great liveliness of male conversation. I don't remember what was being discussed, but there was talk about, obviously, sports and racing and things like that. And yeah. uh, it was a meeting place, I think, as well as a... Uh, as Absolutely, a, yeah. yeah. Well, there was a social element to it. Yeah, you're quite right. I, by the way, had that, that board as well in Con Healy's in uh, High Street. Really? And now I am... In I, his son later cut my hair, and now it's his grandson who cuts oh, my lovely. hair. That's yeah. lovely. Except that things have changed now. <laughs> in that uh, uh, there are females in there in the male barber shop, which was certainly not there when I was growing up. You no, know? no, strictly yeah. male, male preserve. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But but Tom, look around the young men today, and they've got most wonderful hairstyles. I would never have done a thing like that when I was growing up, even as a teenager. I just let my hair grow long. When I went to became a student, I just let my hair grow long until I, I cut it myself, or my mother would cut, take a chunk out of it. But nowadays, young men look terrific. They've got lovely hairstyles. And the women that, as you say, are now in the barbershops, they seem to be the ones promoting hairstyles and doing a yes, lot of I, indeed. Yeah. fantastic yeah. job. And also nowadays, when I was getting my hair cut as a boy, you'd, you'd come in at any old time and you'd sit down and you'd queue. Nowadays, you, you can make an appointment, Tom. That's correct. Yeah, yes. yeah. You make an appointment and then you go and you're looked after yeah, and you're yeah, pushed yeah, down yeah. and you get a wonderful haircut. But I must say, I admire young young men today and their lovely haircuts. They really do. Well, I have to admit that uh, in my teens, I had a crew cut. Oh. Uh, which uh, you never see at all now or very, very rarely. Uh, <clears throat> but it was a fad at the time. I think there was a couple of American teenage films that featured them. And... Uh, Anyway, I had it. It looked terrible on me, but I, I didn't know that at the time. No. I thought I was just a real cool dude, you know. I li I like quite long hair on a young man. I think it looks well, you know, and it's particularly if it's styled the way they're doing it nowadays. But anyway, going back to Chick Gillen, Tom. Chick was more than a barber's, wasn't he? He was a great oh, yeah. boxing. Yeah. Oh, he was. He was. He trained. It must have been hundreds of young boxers. <clears throat> some with enormous success uh, and he loved it and uh but he was a very sporting man <clears throat> he yeah he had greyhounds as well he went to the horses regularly uh he just loved life chick yeah. and it showed it showed when you went into him as well yes i agree he, i he, thought he was he, a, yeah a lovely man i remember once going into him uh <clears throat> I got a couple of old Galway boxing photographs and I thought, who will I go to? So I went down to Chick anyway. Oh, yeah, I remember that fella. He went four rounds with so-and-so and, -so and he was a life welter. He, and he and I was writing furiously. <clears throat> anyway, I published it all. 
And for weeks and weeks afterwards, fellows were stopping me on the street. <laughs> Where did you get all that rubbish that you had in the paper? <laughs> I think Chick was inventing it as he was going along. But it made a good story anyway. Oh, know. absolutely. Yeah. But Tom, yeah. there was another barbers in Air Square that became quite famous in their day, Hayes McCoy, because the Galway Advertiser office now, at the top of the north end of Air Square, that was the barber shop of Hayes McCoy. And That's right. Um, I, I don't remember them now. They'd be before my time. Oh, no, they were long gone. They were long gone. Long gone, yes. were they? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like um, the, a son of theirs, Jerry Hayes McCoy, he became <clears throat> a professor of history, a very eminent very professor famous of history professor in UCG. But he was their son. So I would say it's 100 years ago since Hayes McCoy. Um, <laughs> but I must have seen it in an old photograph. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jerry Hayes McCoy was a very, very interesting historian, as you say. Se several books he wrote about the history of Irish flags, the history of Irish battles. I mean, really astute yeah. stuff requiring huge revenge. But of course, like some professors, not all, like some professors, he was a bit odd. He lived in Dublin, even when he was teaching in Galway University. And he used to come down for the week. And he'd go back home again on Friday afternoon, back to Dublin. And he stayed in the Great Southern Hotel. So That's he was right. an unusual man in that sense. But mm. I remember hearing a very good story that I, I liked very much. You might have heard it as well. That he was fond of the jar, should I say it like that. And uh, after a day's teaching, which, of course, I think after any day's teaching, you deserve something spiritual. And he would retire to the bar in the Great Southern Hotel and there he would uh, indulge in some spirituality of his own. But anyway, leading up to the Great Southern Hotel, which is now, of course, the Hardiman Hotel, leading up to the Great Southern is a series of steps. Now, one thing about Hayes McCoy, I'm told, and I'm sorry I never had him as a, as a professor, but I'm told he was a stickler for grammar. Not only did you have to give him back a good history lesson, a good history exercise, a good history essay, but it also had to be meticulously, grammatically correct. And if not, he'd throw it back. He wouldn't read it. He'd say, that's incorrect. I'm not reading this. Until eventually, of course, he got the style that he wanted. But anyway, this day, this day, he must have been late for class or something like that. So he came out of the Great Southern Hotel and lo and behold, the poor man lost his footing and fell down the steps quite heavily and landed heavily on his back at the bottom of the steps. And people were aghast because he was an elderly man. And this country woman ran over to him and said, oh, professor, are you hurted? Are you hurted? And he looked up at the sky and he said, I wasn't, but I am now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's a great story. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah it is indeed. Anyway, that's good me time. for this week, Ronnie. We leave it at this, Tom. I'm going yeah. to try and look up some Christmas memories, and I've got a massive newspaper collection. I'm one of these awful people that collect cuttings and newspapers, and my house is full of stuff you can't move around some rooms but anyway i'm going to have a look through i'll get something christmasy for next week the yeah okay ronnie Good until night. then nice to talk to you god bless Bye.